0: The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by a moment with Morris.com and BlackBlueprints.com. That's blackblueprints blueprints with a Z.com. I'm Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Yes, sir. We are bringing you the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. Yes, when we get together talking about everything happening out here in the life, in the world, and the traffic out here in these streets.
1: In these cold, cold, cold streets.
0: <laughs> episode number 73 coming at you
1: 73 one time
0: <laughs> as we do around here we like to give a shout out to somebody that we need to highlight our own heroes as black we, excellence as we control our own narrative and speak about the folks that we need to be learned about and share our own stories this black
1: one, excellence
0: yes the queen who's gone on to uh to greener pastures. Oh man! She passed, but she was born in uh, 1922 in Jamaica Queens. Oh, your yo neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah, New York, New York. Yeah, she was a full-time nurse, and she was married to an electronics technician, and where they had two small children, and where they were living in Jamaica Queens, like the the neighborhood started changing, like crime started going <laughs> up. They was having all kind of problems, for real. And what her issue was is that between her being a full time nurse and then her her husband working full time, they had interchanging schedules where she would find herself home with the kids by herself. Mm -hmm. And she didn't like the time that it would take for police to respond to issues like, you know, by the time you called a cop, by the time the cop showed up, you know, the burglar had already beat you up, mugged you, made a sandwich, took a nap and then cut before the police ever showed up. Yeah. So what she had decided to do is to feel safe. Cause this is also back in the day to where you had to open the door to figure out who was outside. Mm. So if somebody knock, you got to open it up first, then look. So all no the cameras back then. Yeah. All the stuff that made her feel unsafe. So with her husband being an electronics technician, she got up on some game from some, you know, on how technology worked. And what she formulated was what is now the blueprint for closed circuit uh, security system. She invented this herself. And so what she did is she put four peepholes in the door with a camera that used to slide through each angle that which could be seen on a monitor, a television. Now, this is in 1966. She did this to where the camera could look through all four peepholes and it can be seen on a monitor in the house. She even had it set up that the door could be unlatched by remote control from inside the home. Mm. And she had even arranged to wear uh, almost the equivalent of an alarm panic button, which would immediately notify the police in the event that there was a problem. Mm. She did all this. At home by herself with the help of her husband and his background in electronic technician. This was patented in 1969. And this is the blueprint for what all closed circuit security systems are to this day. When you go into a convenience store and you see how it's looped, this is all based upon what she did in 1966. Uh, She passed in 1999. But what she did I mean, revolutionized how the world sees things in security. And this is one of the things that we created that a lot of us don't even know about. So rest in peace and show some love one time to the late, great Marie Van Britten Brown.
1: All oh, right. You went to the archives on that. Nah. I didn't know
0: nothing about that. I think we got, because sometimes we look at the artists or we look at the actors, whatever. The, but sometimes it's the day-to-day stuff. Like, nah. we have created so many things that we use every
1: single day. We are the inventors. That we don't even know we did. We are the inventors, you know, and it's by design that we don't hear about, you know, greatness like this, excellence like this, because, you know, we want our young people to grow up feeling that they're inferior. That's kind of like how the system has created it, because that right there was so important. Yeah. You know, that ingenuity, that 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 fact that she's a woman. (laughs) Right. Um, A black woman in, in from Queens that's just remarkable and you don't hear that you don't hear these stories yeah and so we thank you for your the black excellence uh, uh corner that you've uh, submitted to oh i think our fine a, show something i think it's important say something oh yeah, know it's, it's excellent it's not only excellent it's important but i wanted to know that nephew did you know that no. see we got our nephew i got nephew in the building yes yeah. yeah, like oh, college wow. student <laughs> yeah, he's on the camera for the live but uh It's coming down to the stretch. 2018 is about to be out and 2019 is about to be here. What are some of the things that you're looking at, brother, um, in your 2018 window that you're trying to make sure doesn't come back to 2019?
0: Uh, So the way that I work every year, I would say I wasn't born January 1st. So I would say that my well, birth- I mean,
1: Jesus wasn't born December 25th no. and people still celebrate. Yeah, so but I'm saying
0: December. for me. So when I look at New Year's, <laughs> I use my birthday as my New Year. Yes, no doubt. So that, no doubt. that's like my calendar year. No and, and that's so, the
1: start of your
0: transition. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, so that's no my doubt. that's my yearly benchmark. And so I look at uh, the decisions that I make, what carries over, what didn't. So some of the things I started implementing the last maybe the last four or five months. I've changed the way that how I kind of do things. Uh,
1: Looking kind of slim. It looks like you've been working out
0: a little bit. How I allocate my time, my resources, where I allow my energy to go. Uh, At this stage of life, I don't really entertain too much stuff I don't want to anymore. Uh, No has become my default answer. Mm -hmm.
1: So So, it's a very important word. 2019, um, as you folks knock on that door, understand no is very necessary.
0: Yeah. So I'm very mindful about where I need to be, what I need to do. Uh, I look at it in the long game. This is more or less God willing. I live to be my family. We live to be in our 80s and our 90s cool. typically. So I'm 41. So this is about halftime. Yeah. So it, it's a good gauge of there's a lot of things that I still want to accomplish that uh, I was let's say about a year ago I was a little slow on. I'm like I've got a little more sense of urgency to getting stuff finished. So uh, execution is much more. My execution rate about to go up. That's yeah. that's my major
1: focus for uh, for this coming year what about yourself uh man just continue to get the haters pissed off and mad um continue to excel in black excellence uh i look at this year coming up man because i have accomplished so much 2018 was a was a impactful year yeah it was uh it just seems like ever since i've been um thrown into like the public view where people could scrutinize me a little bit more. Um, I was recognized a lot more in my community uh, from the inside into the outside. It just seems like I've just had this winning streak of just continuing to um, reach my goals, continuing to um, get in different endeavors, continuing to um, build young people up, continuing to build for my community. 2019 is no different, we're going in there. I'm um, opening up uh, my first thrift store with uh, you know my. Oh yeah, 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 nice yeah, 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 yeah. yeah! My first thrift store with my 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 partner in crime, Passion Bailey. Shouts out to Passion. Um, with her Crystal Bowl Book Club, we've just kind of got together. We've actually talked about this for about three years. Um, it's three years in the making, so we're going to be launching our first thrift store, Hidden Gems Thrift Store. Um, it will be opening up March 23rd, 2019. Okay. So that's one of the big things. Um, that. You know, I have my focus on my radar on and just constantly uh, just doing work that elevates the people. You know, okay. I feel that this is just a part of the build, um, you know, showing entrepreneurship as I have been for the, like the last five, six years when I've really dug into being unapologetically black about my black economics, you know, the black empowerment just so to a level where it makes even Negroes cringe. White <laughs> folks are always going to be like, eh, we're not into that. But sometimes black folks really get into that stage and that wave um, that they're not really certain why we take such this uh, stance of committing ourselves for um, black economics, for the black empowerment, for spending black dollars. Of course, the Black Friday event, with me and my crew, the Black Friday Coalition, we did the, uh, the Black Friday event on that day after Thanksgiving it was just such a powerful event. Yeah. So we're going to be doing a lot more of those kind of pop-ups, those events, like something in uh, Black History Month in February, making sure that we, you know, dig in deep to kind of show folks like, you know, I know they give us a month with 28 days, but it's 365. Yeah. But more or less, my year um 2019 is going to be really more um focused on the economic build as well as other ventures that I have for me personally making sure I get my YouTube uh page back up running like I used to have it before before I got into this collaborate collaborative with everybody and I think I'm going to slow down a little bit with some of the collaboratives I don't think that um every collaboration necessarily is a positive or is impactful for um both sides so i think that in 2018 i've given a lot of myself of who i am and what i could do to people and ain't got back in return what i felt i should have got in return so i'm going to kind of steer my engine back into the clearness of what i'm used to and what got me here today
0: okay that's
1: that's very
0: uh purposeful you have to be and I think that that's important because we, we say it all the time, you know, in, in life that you got to be focused, that you got to be driven, tell everybody, you know, to, to step your game up, to, to, to do all those types of phrases, whatever's the cool phrase
1: for that given yeah. season. Well, I think I think it's also for folks in 2018, if you was winning, keep winning, you know, like yeah. don't switch up, don't change up like I go into 2019 with that same attitude. I'm going to keep winning. I'm yeah. not going to go back to well. Let me change this up. <laughs> change that up. Let's see how I can get better and continue to win. Why do I need to fall off from the same stages of what got me here, what got me successful? Keep winning.
0: Yeah, and, and give yourself the proper respect. Respect the small victories. Respect respect the small wins. I don't
1: think people do that enough. I, mean, I don't think, I don't people, think I've you know, done that enough. I don't think you've done that yeah, enough. I think most
0: people don't respect the small victories. It, it's got to be if I didn't hit a home run. Yeah. I might as well have struck
1: out. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, because I mean, think about it. We're going in 2019. We're going to our fourth year of our manhood mentoring, mentoring conference. conference. That's how we do it. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on. You know, and that's solely two brothers that got together when other people weren't really ready or wasn't um, sure yeah. that said, let's just do this. And let's create, let's build, and I'm honored to be here again on our fourth year, and this is just going to continue to grow, right? Yes. So my whole attitude is like, that happening on January 26th, we got to keep winning. Like, why do we switch out the format? You know what I mean? We just need to kind of you know, tweak a few different things and then put things in perspective on what worked, what didn't, but what actually made sense and let's continue to make sure it makes sense because these young people need it. And what I've seen from what we've done, I've watched other people now jump on the bandwagon and I'm not knocking it, but now other folks have caught the volume of the things that we've done. And now they're, um, creating their own lane with the kind of programming or the conferencing that we've already put together.
0: Yeah. And and that, that's what is it? A imitation is the highest form of flattery. Uh, it, that, that, that is whatever that is. If you out there doing something and, and you figured out a way to, to win and, and even look the mentality of I'm, I'm one of those uh, run through the tape, not to the tape. So as you finish off the year, don't, don't let your foot off the gas. If you've yes, got sir. something that's going, uh, you're supposed to just finish strong. If you assess what's working, Keep what does, throw out what doesn't. Respect the small victories. Appreciate the small wins. Uh, grow. Mm. I I think that that that's a huge one. That that the the growth and evolution of whatever it is you're doing. And when we see people out there publicly, you know using celebrities or stars is the easiest gauge because it's the most relatable for most people but a lot of
1: the one thing that's being thrown in our face constantly yeah
0: but they're good for an example and then you bring that down to your day-to-day life and so we have in, in our society where we elevate these people for whatever they do professionally uh we like to look at them and say this is the standard of what this is this is what keeping it real looks like or this is what keeping it fake looks like mm-hmm. like this is this this is the dude who like this is the dude when i talk about this real man this is a real woman this is uh, i want somebody like you know get, i want a woman like felicia rashad mm. you know claire huxtable yeah. if you can get a wife like claire
1: huxtable yeah. You know, you you straight. There'll you be, can get a man like Barack Obama. Yeah, there'll be women
0: out there that want a man like Denzel. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Like lot. they'll use so so right.
0: I, so I get using. Uh, they ain't
1: saying Bill Cosby no more. Nah, nah, you could get
0: Claire Huxley with yeah. Denzel, you, you, Felicia Rashad, Denzel. You going to have? Some, some... I want a there.
1: man to do me like Bobby Brown, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> could, he, could he be Denzel um, in yeah. the streets, but Bobby in the shit? Exactly. Uh, a, I want a man like Tupac. I want Tupac. <laughs> Just saying, I mean that's what they say. I know, I get it. So I mean, had us brothers running around here trying to get thug like tattoos on their stomachs. beer bellies, some, and all. Some did, and some did. Some
0: did. I've seen some bad, bad, bad tattoos. Kitchen, kitchen table tattoo work out oh, there. But I, I think that something we want to look at is we we closing out on this year, and that we are kind of seeing what's happening. And a just a lot of fuckery, a lot of that. And so something that was kind of making me think we we use certain phrases a lot mm-hmm. and so uh, a phrase that gets two phrases that get used
1: regularly in our society is coning and selling out selling out and you know as folks who have listened to our show regularly yeah silly ass niggles, but we'll get, that to, we'll that get to that we'll later <laughs> but <laughs> so
0: so one thing when we say somebody's cooning, that's when they kind of you know put down one group to yeah. elevate or make comfort of another that's, that's right. one thing specifically but the selling out part is where the question marks come <laughs> because it's really easy to say that somebody well man he, he sold out he didn't keep it real yeah, we talked about selling out a lot with Kanye or Go she ahead. you know she she sold out for this but is it everybody selling out mm. or are we not as, is is selling out not as big as the deals we like to think mm. because there's a few examples that have happened in the news but let look oh, the, the the day-to-day so one thing specifically so the, the young brother Andrew Johnson he was a teenager in New Jersey, mm. if you see the, the news story. He was a wrestler who wrestling was big for him. Yes. Sir. Like he's a teenager. Uh, it, wrestling may not be anything to your world, but for whatever your thing is, it was This is not WWF. No, this is as this well. is high school yeah. wrestling. But he could have easily been captain of the football team. Yeah. He could have been uh, debate club he could have been student body president whatever that is is what it meant for him yeah so it was that important to him this is what he went to school for practice trained for and right before a match uh he was told that his dreadlocks were the in their quote-unquote unnatural state of his hair <laughs> he couldn't compete that day so he would either have to cut his hair on the spot like right then and there or he'd have to forfeit that match and lose now for some people who don't think well it's just a match Forfeit. Just go home. Like I said, you're captain of the football team. You're going to the homecoming game and they tell you you can't play or this. You've been leading the debate team with the chess club. All is the big day. You can't compete. Like you got to equate it to whatever the, it is for you. Science fair. You done worked on this project for six months. Oh, you can't subject yours unless you. So he decided in the moment that he because wrestling is what he had been focused on. He had his hair cut right before the match. Now, he, I don't think he decided. Well, he I was. He He's decided. Well, in the state that he was in at the time, he was co He was. that's my point. Yeah. That's my point. So in the first off, he was still a child. There's that. No. Decision was was been it? Made. 17, 16? something like that. sixteen, seventeen. That decision shouldn't have been made on the spot without uh, his parent being notified, Most adult definitely. supervision, any of that. It was wrong across the board. But in the moment for him and his decision making, wrestling was that focus for him. The dream that he had, he wanted to compete. The idea of getting, he because on paper he would have been beaten by somebody who didn't actually beat him. Mm-hmm. Like all those things going through his head, he g- got his hair cut to compete and play. Now, for a lot of us, we're like, that's not that big deal. Mm-hmm. But how many of us do that in day-to-day life? How many of us find ourselves in situations that go against something that internally messes with us? Mm-hmm. For, for, for something that, that, that we
1: want to do. That's most black people in America. Well, that's what I'm talking I mean, about. Yeah, that's so so, so that, that's my point. Yeah. Like if it's most of us, is it selling out? Well, I mean, I think, first of all, with his situation, with the, the dreadlock situation, that's not sell out, That's not conforming. That's being pumped. That's That's been a trend yeah. in 2018 here um, for black people. Whether it was um, getting called... The police getting called us at a barbecue. The police getting called on us, um, you know, going into our own apartment. The police getting called on us because we cashed a check. And the bank teller thought that that was a check that was way too much for us to cash. Yeah. This has been kind of like uh, someone on my Facebook page had a long list and a list was about 50 incidents of black people. um to me being punked, living is, while black. That we're living by black, we're just uh, getting uh, police called on them for whatever situation it was that anyone else, no one would have even thought about doing yeah. that. Right. Because um, we as black people are looked at suspects before anything else. We're looked at criminals before anything else. So when I saw this incident, one, this is there's a lot of different ways that I kind of felt about this incident. One, I, I hate the fact that we've done so little to escape from having to create things like this, heinous as it is, to go viral, right? Yeah. We've kind of like, oh, my God, our shock um, um treatment is share it, share it, share it, share it, share it. Now, I discussed it, but I didn't share the video. I didn't share the story. I talked about it, right? Yeah. And it's, it's a, I'm supposed to talk about it on my platforms, but… Me sharing the video, me breaking it down to that level was almost in a sense of me again showing how um, inferior we are and how easy we are to be checked by a white person. When a white person says something, it's kind of like bowing down, bowing out. Now, again, this is a young man. So if that was my child, if if I mentored him, if he was my kid, I would have run out the stance and asked and said what? Right there, I'm looking at where was the parental guidance? Where yeah. was that person that was his voice box that said, "Wait a minute, what, what, whoa! If you want him, first of all, if you want him to cut his dreads, where's the policy that says that? I'm yeah. asking where the paperwork is at. And then let's say he said, "You know what, mom, dad, I don't care. Let me cut it. Can we go to the back? You know, wh- where's the where's the um, where is the responsibility for that kind of embarrassment? That those folks who all were there while one of the the, um, the coaches or the assistants was cutting his hair in front of everybody.
0: And you saw his face, he was we're obviously disturbed.
1: Humiliated, you know. So when you, you're humiliating this young person, and then the same thing when we talk about because I'm in these different spaces and we talk about white um, allyship, you had all the white allies, one talking him through it, like, you're going to be okay, da-da-da-da-da, this is for you. the team, yeah. you know, good job, thank you, and another cutting, and all the other people in the stands, or people that probably showed up to watch him wrestle, because I'm, I'm hearing that he was a pretty decent wrestler, yeah. said nothing, no one running against to um the referee, and asking the referee, like, well, what kind of channel or where does it document you saying that this has to happen? Like yeah. wh- there was no response on that level. So I look at this and I don't see the conforming because I think there's other um, incidents that we've seen of Negroes conforming. And yeah. that's the, you know, the Kanye West is a world, yeah. um, you know, and that's conforming and cooning. But I really see the fact that we've assimilated so much in this society, this white society here that we've no longer realized the sense of who we are, the the idea that we talked about with no, yeah. and being okay to say, yo, this ain't right, this ain't cool. And me saying that doesn't defy you and say, hey, I'm going against you. It's just saying these are my rights for me to be able to say I'm not with it. Yeah. My hair should not do anything if I... I have been wrestling with my hair exactly. previously. Yeah. No one has said anything. There's an issue. It's almost as if if a white person says, "Yo, you got to get rid of that hair," automatically we're like in shock, like, oh, "Oh, do we really?" It's kind of that that slave complex that we the slave mentality that a lot of us have is that a white person says it ain't cool, which automatically in our mind it ain't cool. Yeah. Because what's like, no, real quick. Because what's not cool, what's not cool is everything that happened up until that point and everything that's happening now. Now we're finding out that this this um, referee has a little sketchy that's past. That's what I was going to go into. You know, to, know what that, I mean? Now guy, we're finding out that, oh, black people are outraged, but this is a constant thing that's happened in 2018. Yeah, that's what I was
0: alluding to, that the referee, the specific referee, because the kid has been wrestling all season. So this with dreads. So, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> dread zone. Yeah, dread uh, zone.
1: You know, it wasn't like he put a a, a wig on. He's been yeah, having. dreads And it, and it was no problem.
0: They weren't lace front dreads.
1: And so, so this <laughs> particular ref, this yeah,
0: that particular ref had a particular issue. There was an incident uh, I'd say about two years back where he got into it with somebody where racial slurs were used. He never denied using him. He apologized that it escalated of to course. that point, but he was saying, you know, he, he copped it doing it. He's like, yeah, you know, kinda yeah, because that's
1: what white people do—they get to apologize and they get to continue on with their racism. Yeah, that's and, and we're so, okay with it.
0: And so for that young man, I don't use his decision as as a benchmark of, of selling out i don't believe it was his decision no, no, no. I, I i get that but that's not my point What so i'm saying i'm saying the the idea of being told that you need to do this in order to do that and so i just use that because it's in the news currently somebody might have come across it but it as adults in our day-to-day lives regularly a lot of us get hit with that we get hit with the can can, can you can you turn down that that the african clothes I mean, I understand that that's your 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 thing, but can the red, the black, the green? Mm. You gotta wear, mm. the, you know, your hair. Can can you press your hair? Can you straighten it for mm. me? Uh, can you cut all that? Absolutely nothing has to do with the function of your job. But there's a whole lot of sisters walking around with weaves, with, with flat iron hair, with, with chemicals all throughout the, out their 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 brain and their body, and their head, because they need to to look corporate. Yeah. You know, so when you or you're not looking professional, professional is the other word. And so on the day to day basis, is that selling out? You may not be doing it for a championship. You may not be doing it for for album
1: sales. You may be doing it to keep your job at the bank. I think that there's a difference between the sellout and the, this, the, the difference between conforming. I think that Negroes do a lot more conforming than doing selling out. OK, so let's talk about that difference. So is it, for me, like conforming. It's kind of like just fitting in to fit in to get in, right? You okay. know, where you, you fit in, but you really don't. But you're going to do what is not your norm to kind of get in. Because you have to get He's this position. You're not trying to you know, make it you're, you're not, I mean, you know that there's an issue with your white manager, but you're only black person in here. And if you say something, you probably will lose your job because there's no one else that's going to advocate for you, right? Okay. Or, you know, you are a situation as a sellout. You are just a person that really sells his community up the river. Like, okay, wait a minute. You know, if you're, say, for instance, you're in a public office, right? Let's look at uh, a council member. Okay. You know that. That measure that you're supporting is going to affect black families in your neighborhoods that you say you support. Okay. You know, these are the kind of things where you're taking monies from a system that oppresses black people. And the, the sellout Negroes aren't just, um, Negroes cooning in the government. The so sellout Negroes are the same Negroes that are selling poison in our community. So okay. be very clear that to me is a sellout as well. When you know that, these devices you know that these things that you continue to sell to your people are going to get us addicted or are going to get a uh, uh, more crime in the community but you do it because of your own selfish reasons to me that's a sellout so i believe that you know you have a lot of negroes because in today's society it seems that like if you don't conform you're not going to go anywhere you're not going to be able to move up that channel The ceiling move is really there. low oh man you, ain't gonna play it again. you can't be as black as you want to be because people don't attribute blackness to being strength, blackness to being intelligence. They attribute whiteness to being that. being
0: black on your own time.
1: Come on now. Like, Negro, can you shut down the the black talk and kind of talk like me? Huh? So when a a motherfucker conforms to switching up their tone because they want to appease white people or people in their office, in their system, that to me is conforming. Selling out is a whole different situation. And it's like you have a balance of the two, but I see... Like a Kanye West, to me, is a little bit of a conformist as well as a sellout because uh, 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 black people have stood and said, we're not following this whole Donald Trump situation. I don't care what he does on the back end. But the reality is, Kanye, you don't need to be wearing a hat. If you want to speak to him, uh, we get it, but you don't need to speak to him in a way to where it's throwing us under the bus, right? Okay. And it's opening doors for him, Donald Trump, to be like, you see, you see, black people do respect me because I got Kanye West cooling around yeah, over yeah, here I in got, my White I, House. I, I got friends from the blacks. Exactly.
0: Uh, okay. So so going with that, is, so I, what I get from that is that conforming is just about you. Selling out involves another person. Uh like, like conforming, yeah, conforming, play, yeah, conforming be, playing the role for whatever you need yeah. code switch, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but a group, you. but I think, a, but I think as a group though. Well, no, I'm saying we each, conform, yes. each each yeah. individual, and Has, you just have yeah. a lot of people conforming. But as yeah. a conforming, like I'm going to cut my hair, yeah. I'm going to speak this way, so I can get in. But selling out involves. Hey. Um, uh, hey, 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 you, you seen Ray? You know Ray been on 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 a seventeen minute fifteen. Yeah. So you gonna go ahead and just throw Ray's <laughs> name out there just to sound good. Hey, yeah. You, you seen Ray? Yeah.
1: Oh 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 he's is he still on break? Yeah. You know like that. But 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 here's the thing here's the thing though conforming is almost just as deadly as selling out. Okay. Why? Because if I am a conformist, right? Yeah. And now you're the new black guy that has come into the to the to the to the to the, to the nuance, right. right? I'm like kind of coaching you like well hell. If you want to kind of stick around here, you know what I mean? They don't this, like all that. Nico yeah. Like you this, know, they don't, so they that in turn creates th- the certain energy that you believe like, well, maybe I have to go the route that Barry said. Like, I have to maybe, um, you know, well, he's tighten been up been pants. seven years. You know, I'm been, looking at the wall and he got all these awards and, you know, he's high up in, in management. I might have to play that role. Conforming. By <laughs> I don't even know what that would even be. Well, see that because it's. With me... Indirect conforming? I know. With me, it's like this. The reason why I became an entrepreneur for real, because I've always had entrepreneur spirit. Even when I was a druggler, I was an entrepreneur. I was just selling illegal drugs. Yeah. Then most of the drugs that I did sell, they're now legalized now. It's yeah. called cannabis, right? Before, as a criminal, I was marijuana. And now it's cannabis. So it sounds so yeah. um, elegant. You know what I'm saying? A professional. But I stopped and said to myself... I don't want to call in sick. That's why I created for myself because I didn't want to conform. I didn't want to have to do certain things that I was out of my character. I didn't want to have to go back and forth with people that I thought were um, less qualified, didn't have the intelligence or didn't have the know-how in the field that I was in. So... You know, they would want me to be this way, but yeah. Barry can't be that way. Barry's going to be this way for me to be true to myself. I had to create my own thing, you okay. know? And so when, as I created my own thing, that gave me more of the freedom. One thing that I loved about what my brother, LeBron James said, who's becoming more and more of one of my favorite athletes of all time. It's, he said about, cause he was talking about on his, um, you know, one of his, 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 his TV show, an idea that I think he's took from us, but we'll talk about that <laughs> later. Um, uh, he was talking about the NFL owners have the slave mentality. Yeah. And I would like to say that not only the NFL's owners have a slave mentality, but I feel all um, owners uh, that are running a bunch of black men, whether it's basketball or NFL, have some kind of slave mentality. Yeah. Some may give you a little bit more leeway, and others may have a little more of a if tight end. If you're role. in a
0: profession where you refer to the person at the top as an owner. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's a, I mean, it, I'm saying you don't. You're not a school teacher thinking about man. And I wonder what the owners are going to say.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or, so, you know, you bank teller. It's, a, tie, the it's
0: owners, a that There's a certain yeah.
1: So it's a tight wire, right? Yeah, and mentality thing that goes along with it. But that. one of the things that he said that was profound to me was where he knew the value of himself and he knew the power that he had. Okay. When they were asking him that question about why he said that, and they were asking him questions about some free agents that he's talked about he wanted to play with. He said, nobody's going to be able to tell me what to say. I'm going to say what I want to say. Yeah. And to me, I was like, okay, LeBron. What I saw right there was a brother that knew his power. Yeah, right now, you guys have the power per se, but I also have the power because without me, your ratings go down. Without me, there's not going to be butts in the seats. Without me, the flagship of the NBA, there wouldn't necessarily be this, this whole um grasp of look at the NBA from... What time for for the last 10 years where LeBron James has had everyone just captivated on decisions, this, beat the Warriors, leave Cleveland, come back, get a title. So when you see a person who's still under someone else's ownership, understanding his value and his power, lets me know as he leaves, he's going to be an owner of some kind of franchise. Yeah,
0: okay. Something that goes along with it, what I think is important. So what if you're not the LeBron James of your world? Because when you're the, the, the flagship of the league, when you are the most dominant, most recognizable, when you are the cream of the crop of your particular industry and whatever that is, it may not be professional basketball. You may be the best accountant at the firm. Like you get all the accounts. You close all the deals. Like you that person. So you, of course you get more leverage and leeway when you're the top. But what if you're like the, 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 you're the Kwame Brown. That's pretty low. Of, of your industry. So the idea of saying, "I'm gonna say what I want to say," nah, you ain't gonna work here tomorrow. Huh? That's the risk you have to take. So, so, uh, so when we start saying stuff to when you're the the elite, of course you got more 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 credence. But to some of the you elite think. don't
1: even say shit. No, but I, 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 <laughs> I get
0: that. But so now, if you are not, you are you are the C minus to B minus bracket mm-hmm. of your respective industry. Is that conforming or selling out, or is that
1: feeding your family and taking care of your responsibilities and handling your business? I still think it's conforming. I I feel it's conforming. I mean, you... you if you are not being your true self, you're conforming. If you're not being your true-to-life true to, true to life self on an everyday basis, like that's just who you are. Yeah. People have seen me at 14 and see me now, so that's Barry Axey. Yeah. That's that's him. This ain't no lollipop game. One minute he turns it on, he turns it off. I'm me every day, yeah. all day. Now, if... There is there, there's there's all ways of how you can maneuver in a situation. I mean, we've been maneuvering white supremacy for the day we existed. Right. Yeah. We're still doing it right now. But having to be a person, a man or a woman to shut your mouth on social issues or things that affect you. Right. Yeah. Because the thing about what I've said about athletes and entertainers, they act as if they're not black, like these things around that are happening to us comic folk don't affect them when they better check the track records of the tiger woods and the oj simpsons and the bill cosby's of the world as soon as they want you to be black again you will be black they even did it to michael jackson right so when they don't say nothing or effectively create change in the way that colin kaepernick said you know what i'm going to risk uh uh uh, my um livelihood for a greater cause and though he bounced back with nike we didn't know what stance nike was going to do at that particular time nike just saw that whoa shoot this is a trendy thing to be a social social justice leader so we're going to jump on the bandwagon but let's say if social justice bandwagon wasn't what nike was all about they're like yo we're going to stay away from colin kaepernick colin kaepernick did something in his prime of his career standing up which it elevated the volumes of the um, injustices and inequalities that we speak on every day. So that to me was him not conforming, even though he sat there and said, hey, well, let me on a team and I won't go take a knee. So I believe that if it's not true to what you feel in your heart, that if you just don't say something about something, you are conforming by shutting up and just saying, just give me a check. Okay. So if you're the dude who works at Walmart, you you the sister that works at Safeway. You can find another job. No
0: no. Okay so th- th- <laughs> that's, okay, find okay okay so 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 that, that goes because per- they're gonna my get my rid of, of you anyway. Okay so perfectly at my point if if you the brother that works at Safeway Walmart whatever you 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 a check to check situation you got a couple of kids you trying to keep the lights on you see things going on maybe your manager didn't spoke loosely about something yeah. you see something that every bit of you wants to speak up. And, and and tell somebody about themselves, uh, or or really address something that they feel is wrong, maybe corporate policy wise or whatever. But if you do that, you may find yourself unemployed with babies at home that need diapers
1: and with, you know what bills it is that need to be and, paid. And, and when you do that usually nine times out of ten there's another five other people that feel the same exact way as you and next thing you know you have a class law action suit coming. Well, i'm saying and, but what what it is what you got to remember there is going to be some 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 turbulence <laughs> in the moment but the reality is you're going to have a smooth past at the end
0: i get that so, so you have to risk it okay so i'm saying so when you're in the moment so what, what you brother, or sister, who's who's in that period right then and there, and whatever it is about the job that they don't like, it may not be illegal or it may not, right. it's just, it just something that doesn't touch spirit right. right, And they don't speak on it because they're worried about their job. Is that selling out? Is that, or is that simply conforming? Like in that moment, you're like, whatever this company is doing, uh, it's not illegal, but it,
1: it goes against what I believe. I don't think it's selling out the feeling is just conforming. You just you just conform to yeah, keep a check conforming going to, that, Because most people, most Negroes conform. Okay. okay, that's okay.
0: So if that's the case, if most do it, is is weird as it
1: sounds, is it okay? I don't selling out, conforming, I don't play any of those games. That's why I created my own. I get that. So so my whole thing is the reason why black people continue to get punked, because we've done too much conforming. We've um, sold ourselves out, so they know how to get us. They know, okay, um, Travis, Super Bowl gig? Nobody else wants it. Hey, buddy. Number one hit song, Sycamore, Great album. Come out with Maroon uh, 5. <laughs> Super Bowl <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do it for me. I'm not going to do it for the people, even though my people have a stance to say, can't do it this time, bro. You know, that Kalan Kaepernick thing. I right, got it because if someone is going to say no in the black community, there's going to be 10 other Negroes as willing to say yes. Yeah. And so the reality of conforming and selling out leads into a situation that happened with the dreadlocks. Okay. Cause I have a lack of respect for your kind And I know not one person is going to walk out the stands and say, hey, what's going on? A parent ain't going to sit there and say, what the F? The only time our fake rage, as I call it, we're going to react when it goes viral, when other people start feeling some type of way about it. Oh, damn, my bad. My apology. Because we continue to allow ourselves to walk into this burning house that martin luther king jr said without us saying hey get the water and get the uh, fire extinguisher shit's burning and that's why i believe they're allowed that's why negroes will conform because they don't see anybody else saying ah man we ain't got to do none of this shit like so when you came into the building looking at um my one or two plaques i broke you down and told you the game like as you was all tied up and suited up, I bet Brock, loosen up that title, you know what I'm saying, come on you man still get, you, you can, can still be employed listen, a, month can still be a month and chill out, well, man you so you so tied up and you, man come on man, chill, we have adopted white behavior to the point where white acceptance is so valuable to us for our survival that black people believe that right thing to do is the white thing to do and that's the biggest problem
0: okay so take it a step further let's just say this is not the the, the racial component okay you remember uh, Lowdown, low down dirty shame remember the key
1: love and that, love Williams that. okay pink it was hot
0: yeah okay so uh, and Sally probably, Sally Richardson oh yeah. God, yeah so so Keenan's Shame, oh. Shane's friend from from the, the old dude the, the, the guy Charles S. Dutton's character <laughs> he was so, hilarious Sonny, Ro- Sonny Rothmiller yeah oh, Sonny Rothmiller so at the end when they broke that down he's like you know you sold out the whole unit for the money like, because he was like, that was the whole big breakdown yeah. how shame got sold out for the money. And Sonny said something to him in that movie, which stuck with me because I saw it so often in life as an adult. It led to all that their best friends in the unit got killed. Shame got framed. And he said he looked him dead in the eyes and he said, you sold us all out for money. Sonny looked at him. He said, it ain't about selling out. It's about getting paid. And that is a mentality that I've seen a lot of people have. That it's not even, they don't even take it to, let me conform into this system. It's money over everything. Yeah. I got to get mine and you get yours. I got to get mine. You got to get yours. So where do we weigh those people next to the ones who are selling out for the cause? So there's some who sit there say, I'm going to sell you out. For for the system, I'm mm-hmm. gonna sell you out for the man. Other folks is I'm willing to sell them out too. I'm willing to sell everybody
1: out well, for a it's dollar. Just, I just greed. I mean, do we put those all in the same. group? Yeah, put them all in the same group, man. Put them all in the same group and get rid of them. I mean, it's just greed, right? I mean, <laughs> it's just it's just real reality is what it is. Well, I it
0: because I think that we 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 put more negative stigma on a sellout or on a coon than we do on a money over everything because we'll we'll glorify money over everything in our culture. We celebrate it. Yeah. But we'll sit there and say that a sellout of Raccoon is the lowest person on the planet. But I see. but see, That's what I'm asking to talk about. My thing
1: is like this, I believe somebody that does it for the love of money is also a sellout as well. You know what I mean? I think that there has to be principles. I, I used to do things for the love of the money and I was selling on my people and I had to realize to myself like, yo, it's not the right move. So I had to kind of say, if I want to be looked upon as that person or I want to be looked upon as this person. I am not fueled by money. I'm not fueled by the slave man's um, rendition of power. You know, when you look at every damn bill that we have, it's a slave owner or or a negro, Mm -hmm. slave trader, slave trader, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's you know, you know, you have Abraham Lincoln that they try to parade that saved us from slavery, which is a lie. He's a joke. Um, He just saw in in that moment that shoot this would be the best thing for his people you know what yeah, i'm he saying said
0: if, if in order to preserve the union i have to release a half yeah. half the slaves i will yeah. but if in order to preserve the reunion i'll keep
1: everybody slave i'll do that too exactly like so was, <laughs> i'm gonna I mean, make the business it wasn't move. it wasn't like i want to have all slaves free no it wasn't that and that's but <laughs> The storyline is something different that yeah. we're taught. You know what I mean? Well, white people were like, well, Abraham Lincoln, let you guys go. But going back to this, the preference of um, conforming and selling out. The unfortunate part of it niggas conform every day, niggas sell out every day, and it's all because of the power and the acceptance I feel of white supremacy, the, the idea of being okay with Billy Bob, Sandra J, and 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 Leonardo instead of worrying about Malcolm and Antoinette, because okay. Malcolm and Antoinette are on that that they're not on that the, the threshold that these others are. So that's kind of like I want to get where they're at. And so in order for me to get where they're at, I have to jump and leap over you. Because if the Negroes understood the game, the drug game, I've watched the most uh, conforming, the most selling out, killing each other for crumbs and end up getting killed yourself. <laughs> or when somebody gets bagged, snitching on each other yeah. to say, oh, instead of life, you're going to get 40 years. <laughs> it's like, oh, OK, well, give me the 40. But we'll knock off five years for everybody. You give up. So there's so <laughs> many different facets that come into that.
0: OK, but so stick it with that. So the people who were who are talking, because this, I think this goes nicely into uh, the Chris Rock situation. If you if you haven't heard about I it, yet. Known, I don't
1: know nothing. This is a surprise. So, so
0: immediate actor, director, all that stuff. Chris Rock, he's up for a Grammy for his latest stand up tambourine. Like he, he's, he's. I'm just saying, just a, just a setup. Mm-hmm. So uh, a video surfaced from a few years back. It was an interview held with Chris Rock.
1: It's it, so funny how all these interviews and tweets and things just resurface. It's it's just it never crazy, goes away. Man. Once you do something on camera,
0: it it, it it you do something on the internet, it never goes away. Yeah. And so uh, there's a whole lot of shelved archive stuff just I'm for people sure. out there shows that never made it on the air. There's a whole lot of stuff out there, and people just push it out. Yeah, as soon as it makes sense. And so it's Chris Rock. Jerry Seinfeld, uh uh Ricky Gervais, and Louis C. K. Mm-hmm. Sitting out having this conversation. Louis C. K. isn't that the good this guy? Is, this is, yeah. So this is this is before he was in trouble. This is this is a couple years back. <laughs> but this is why he was in trouble. Yeah, so well, this is what it goes into, and it's the use of the N word. And so you have Chris Rock who who notoriously used it throughout his, his yeah. stand up. And you have Louis C. K. who uses it. And so He uses it? Yep. And so Chris Rock and Louis C.K. are using it in exchange with each other on TV, on TV. Ricky Gervais, if you know, he hosts like, a yeah, lot of the, well, for folks, CNN. So he's the uh, he does a lot of the award show mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, accent. He, his big claim to fame is roasting the celebrities in the crowd when he hosts events yeah. and stuff. And so he says it. In reference to Louis C.K. and Chris Rock saying it, Jerry Seinfeld is the only one who looks uncomfortable. He says, I don't use the word at all. I don't use it on or off stage. I, I just don't think there's a place for it in my life. That's yeah. Jerry Seinfeld. Smart yes. move. So he's the only one who is just definitively removed himself from the situation. So the question then was coming up is about Chris Rock, because he's in a conversation with three white men and two of which are. Are going back and forth with him using the N word, and he seems completely unfazed and is more or less co-signing the use of it during the, for- the, the, the case of this uh, conversation in this interview. Conforming, selling out,
1: cooning, just don't care. Cooning and selling out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cooning and selling out. He's already conformed. He's already where he needs to be. He's already done what he's had to do. Um, and in particular, I think a lot of these so-called artists that represent us whether they're on the comedic side or um you know just uh, the full-length actor that is you know on the serious side of, of of town not just saying jokes um they do weird things once they are praised at being black yeah but then as they come up and become mainstream and it's almost like their blackness washes away. So as they portray a, 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 a certain blackness, it's almost kind of like that running joke where, you know, it's kind of like, oh, look at how he does that black joke. Oh, it's so funny because now he's in the in crowd. So yeah. it's almost kind of tap dancing for his his, his white celebrity tons.
0: So what was funny, not to cut you off, the person who roasted Chris Rock the hardest for this, Wayne Brady. mm mm-hmm. Now, Wayne Brady has been the poster yeah, child. Yeah, the poster for, child
1: of for for
0: for us who yes. roast Wayne Brady saying exactly. say, because of that show that he was on. Well, yeah, well, well, for everything he did, yeah. the only time Wayne Brady gets street cred is that episode of the Chappelle show yeah, he did, for sure. when it was like, oh, he is black. Yeah. Uh, so Wayne Brady was one that came hardest to Chris Rock. So in those situations, those spaces where we had, because and I'm not talking about the N word with an A. I'm talking about hard R. Yeah, I'm sure. No, I'm just saying for folks who hear it, it's E R
1: the way they're using right. it. Well, I mean, it's just and, it's just it's a it's a, it's a, a it's an absolute clown show. I don't even see how Chris Rock um, would even allow himself to be in that kind of foolery. But again, um, the tomfoolery that is around when you get into these Hollywood stakes, okay. it becomes something to where they have conformed to these kind of behaviors. So the guy who
0: doesn't work, who's not the Hollywood guy, the guy who works at the bank, the dude who works at Safeway, because we know these people, too. Who's got the the, the the white friend who, Dude, who throws home, the n word around? Yeah, all I had the time. a homeboy that
1: I had a homeboy that girlfriend used to call him the n word, and I used to look at him crazy, like, "Are you serious? I'm gonna check this bitch." That's where I was going. So now, is that conforming?
0: Because you don't need to fit. It's in being words. a
1: silly ass Negro. That's what it is.
0: <laughs> it's being a silly ass Negro. So when we have non non black nah. friends who throw the word around, use the word, and however,
1: let me form let me let me, be, let me be very clear. Though use of the N-word should not even be used by us. Now, if niggas want to come up with some kind of solution and some idea um, of why they want to do it. It's in, um, you know, what is that? They want to say it's a show of brotherly love, oh, the old Ethiopian whatever. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I get it. Okay. So what? So be it. But back in my day, a white boy wouldn't dare even come close to saying that I've had white partners that got knocked the fuck out, you know, friend or not for even attempting to say the word or even having it uttered. And even had a friend that a longtime friend of mine, when we in, were in some conversations, he got so belligerent and he started saying that word and it was like, we're done. I'm not fucking with you anymore. It's yeah. not even cool. Because you know that that's the line that you're not going to cross. And he did it in a way where it was like, yo, I want your head. So for us, because we've normalized this kind of conversation or this word, excuse me, uh, more or less, and empowered it and is given this kind of power to allow everybody. I mean, I walked at a movie theater one time and I heard Asians saying it to each other. Yeah. I saw some Arabs uh, uh a few nights ago going back and forth and I'm looking at is there a brother around and they're just saying because (laughs) we have now commercialized a horrific word and we have tried to balance it to where it seems like it's okay but not understanding that it would be okay if they respected us outside of what the word was. Yeah. They don't respect us. So how can you expect anyone to not deliver those words with the kind of anger and a validity it was used before? Not saying that individuals are saying it the way they are, but I don't feel comfortable with any white person, any white person on TV or, or, or believing that. They can get away with that word. I remember when, um, Ice Cube had a situation with one of those comedian, um, slash, uh, uh, an anal- analyst. I forget which one he was. I think the dude on HBO or something like that. And he was basically telling them like, no, that word, nah, you know, you can't uh, uh, do it. Bill Maher. Yeah. And I think he kind of gave him a little bit of a pass as well. But I believe that because, We've allowed this word to gain such a lifestyle of it's okay, and we're not going back punching people in the face. That has made um, people become more bolder and punking us. (laughs) You know, it's been been, the word that's been okay because we constantly use it. Now the music is no longer lyrics with the N-word. It's N, 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 N before lyric even comes out. You got... Uh, uh, black guys that will sit here and podcast have a, 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 you know other black people that they're talking to, but they have a few white people and they're blatantly using the word. And I'm like, so w- so what happens when the white boy says the N-word? Y'all going to just be like, okay? Because they're calling them the N-word. Yeah. They're calling the white boy the N-word. They're calling the white girl the N-word. And to me, that's not cool. To me, it's conforming. To me, it's selling out. To me, it's being a silly nigga. It's all of those things above. Uh, because we have tried for so long to try to rectify that the um, poison of that word and the, the poison of that word and the history of that word still remains to me to be the reason why we have not elevated because of this word because of this language we're using language that they depicted and they utilized to brainwash us and to humble us we didn't get called our name we got called the n-word yeah and so i tell all my young people around me i look at them funny and they know it like look Unk. I'll be like, man, come on. Because I don't use that. And now people will preference, well, Barry, you use the the, the Negro. It's just, a, it's not the same. It's not the same. The N word, it should be outlawed. And we can't be so upset when it happens over and over again if we're giving people passes saying it. Those with power and those in the music. And now I'm hearing that they got white boy rappers that are using it fluently. And oh, it's yeah. like, no big deal. Yeah, yeah,
0: those days. Uh saying it out their mouth and waiting for the punch are over. You would almost look crazy now if you were the black person that got upset over a non-black person using the and word. That's, like you, in this society now, you, you're the yeah, weird one. That's, like, why I couldn't, you, that's why I couldn't go
1: was, walk up to the Asians and be like, hey, because it was like, God.
0: Unless damn. you got like apparent deep gray hair, unless you look like you from struggle times. Like if you, like, someone got to look at you and be like, that guy's pro- that man, that one's probably over 60. And so then there's a certain degree of kind of like a oh, different era. Maybe I might respect their yeah, view a little yeah. bit. But if you seem like you are any remotely attached to th- this generation at all, they they look at you like you, you, you something's wrong with you. It's just a word. Everybody says that nah, we go back man, and forth. That's crazy. Man. These are behaviors that, that you know. Irritate me. It's not, it's not a,
1: benefiting us at all, man.
0: It's not. But I think that, that a good point of what you're saying is that there, when you can just reduce somebody down to a label. Yeah. Like uh, the Cat Williams joke used to say when they were in war. He said, you know, America doesn't say that they bombed a bunch of men, women and children. They'll say that we bombed 200 insurgents. Mm. Because you have absolutely no emotional connection to an insurgent. Yes. But if they said we bombed two churches, a school, uh, a a village Mm -hmm. of of infant children and elderly Mm -hmm. women, you feel a certain kind of way. But if you say bombed insurgents, no big deal.
1: A man, a woman, and then you have the N word. You know yeah. what I'm saying, like I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not there's there's no emotion to that.
0: You don't look at him and say he's a father. Yeah, you don't say he, he's, an he's a carpenter. He's a di- yeah. <laughs> what was that? Uh, that was, what do you call a, a black surgeon from Kansas City? An N word.
1: Yeah. And and with that being and said, just how do you think they looked at the young gentleman? That got his dreads cut. They didn't look at him as a black person. They didn't look at him as a human being. He wasn't they a boy. They looked at him a as a N-word. Yeah. And you will do as we ask you. Cut your dreads or you'll lose. And you lose, you'll be letting down everybody else. But the reality is you lost because you let down yourself and, and that becomes a bigger and issue
0: and had that young man sat there and said no that would have been he, the greatest he, thing ever he'd have been all 31 flavors a uh, selfish yes of, of solo, he's not yes. a team player. He be coached. He needs to be, he's difficult. Yes. He, he needs, he's arrogant. Yes. He needs to be kicked off the team because he's not a team player. self centered selfish. All that sort of stuff. He can't be coached. All that. And all that laying followed him. All those Look at negatives. him. And what we talking about these folks, and we talk about people out here who aren't making the best decisions. I think there's usually somebody in particular that we like to highlight that you feel we need Man, to bring before you know, brother, the
1: congregation. This, this conversation is so real. i like to go into actually our silly Negro of the week is actually I'm going to have a congregation. Actually, I was looking at Offset with all the coonery that he did and the silly Negro stuff of trying to get back his girlfriend, Cardi B, of with the simping that he did. Well, he's wife. He, he did marry her. Oh, excuse me, wife. <laughs> <laughs> he, excuse me, his wife. He did marry all right, him. yes, he. This is his baby mama, his wife. All right, let me get that correct. Thank you. Um, and all that. Um, Thug turning simp, or even the simple fact that he sat there and said his Amigos group was the greatest group of all time. Not looking at other groups like Dog Pound, Outcasts, Bone Thugs and Harmony, of course, who had said something in the rap genre, of course, and so many other different groups that I can no. name. Of, I mean, you have. Uh, Give me, give me, give me, give me some groups that we. Have Best thing right I now. ever
0: heard about that was that one man was in three groups, and they said all three groups is better than the Migos. They said Ice Cube was in
1: three groups: the Lynch Mob, the w- West Side Connection, yes, and NWA, N- and they said all three of those groups yes, are better than We're Talking about brand new. Being, <laughs> you know, I mean, there was some some great groups. I mean, tribe called Manor, Quest. Man, tribe called Quest, man. Let's stop talking about it, man. But. Wu Tang. <sighs> Can you stop? (laughs) But we're not going to even put him on there, even though he was going to get the nod. But I am going to go back into what we were talking about earlier and the silly Negroes of the week got to go to the Negroes who sat there in New Jersey and watched this young man be humiliated by getting his dreads cuts by One of his coaches, a white coach at that, and another white coach trying to convince him that he's doing the right thing as this white referee who basically said, who utilized his power and his privilege and said he got to cut these dreads even though this young man has been wrestling with these dreads forever. However long he's had these dreads, he's wrestled with the dreads and it's never been an issue. I got to sit there and have to give the silly nickels of the week for all the black people that stood there and watched and said nothing and then turned around and had all the fake rage. I have to ask, where was his parents at? How in the hell is. If he had a parent in attendance or had anybody that was a relative in attendance, how did they let this situation go down? It's way too often, far less, that we have situations like this that continue to turn back the clock of where Negroes had no rights, where it seems like even when Negroes have rights, we don't use our rights. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say I'm uncomfortable. It's okay to say that I am not with it and feel that you are still a human being. You are still a man. You're still a woman. You're still a young girl. Still a young man. This is a young man that got put in a situation that no black person neither went to his aid nor sat there and protested and said, Hold up, what the hell is going on? Grab them scissors from that white woman and said, This shit is bullshit. This has to stop. And by standing there, being a bystander of this, you are complicit to the bullshit and you are a silly nigga of the Week because there should be no reason why our young men, our young women, our elderly, and our women are not protected. If there was any black person that stood there at that wrestling match and watched that horrifying, humiliating incident go down and said nothing about it, you are the silly Negro of the Week. We gotta get like a boo. I'm just saying, I, I've been telling you guys, I, I mean, can we step on our program game. It's up, not is that even a, do? I don't
0: even think it's a program game thing. I like, I mean, we can get artificial sound effects. I like the personal. Ah, I,
1: I, we got to get that, man. The little bombs and all that type of stuff, man. You know, and don't get me wrong. Kanye West was also on my silly Negro with the weird radar as well. I with think all his we, love I, stories with Drake, but I'm I, I, might, think I, think where I think we'll we be at
0: up. is we'll we, we have to start looking at annual ones. Cause if you're a constant repeat offender,
1: we wish <laughs> Oh yeah, well, that, exactly, and that's yeah, a beautiful sir. thing because uh, you know before we go into the new year, we're gonna have make sure we have our wrap up show for our wrap. So please tune in our wrap up show. We're gonna go live again. We're gonna have our wrap up show, and um, I'm gonna have our silly negro of the year. Yeah, we have to for all those
0: repeated uh, uh, offenders out there. Because I think it's necessary that we shed light on these folks in these situations and these com- have these conversations about stuff that's that we a lot of us feel. I mean. The idea of code switching is common. Yeah. We call it our job interview voice or the bill collector voice. Mm. You know, the idea of conforming. Well, I got to look professional. I got to look corporate. I I, got to fit in. Uh, Well, we're constantly capitulating, constantly conforming and in some cases just blatantly selling out in order to, to try to move up that corporate ladder to try to move up those those tax brackets, because we have responsibilities. Sometimes it's for selfish reasons that we're just trying to get our personal shine. Sometimes it's because we feel like we're doing whatever it is that we have to do to take care of our responsibilities, feed our families and take care of our loved ones. In any event, these are discussions that we should have, things that we need to talk about, address, really uh, really take apart and not just start labeling and, and blaming and faulting, but really understand where folks are coming from and what big picture effect that has that what you do over here does affect how people are living over there, how you present yourself over here does affect how people get represented over there. And that we have to recognize that even though sometimes we may hit some struggle standing up for the things that we believe or we may have to go a couple of extra uphill mountain trips to to stand on some principles that are important to us. These things are necessarily they're very necessary to do and is definitely necessary something to say. So always trying to say something right here on this say podcast. Say some, say some,
1: say something. Say Where can folks keep up with you online for more stimulating conversation like this? Barry Axius on Facebook. You have IG at Team Void, Twitter, Barry Axios, and of course Black Blueprints uh, with a Z on Facebook as well as our website. Get that gear, man.
0: I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook. Every other social media platform is at J Morris CEO. This has been a Say Something Podcast, and until the next episode.
1: Year in review. Tune in. Say something. Yes, sir.
0: And we will holler at you later.